Attention, attention, all personnel, incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Over and out. Happy New Year. We're back for yet another year of MASH Matters. I'm Ryan Patrick, alongside my good friend, Mr. Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Ryan Patrick, and happy, happy 2024. Hot spit. I hope it's been scintillating for you since its inception. (laughs) Scintillating? Yes. It's been a hoot. Yeah. (laughs) How are you? You doing okay? It's been so long since we talked. I know. I know. Uh, My wife and I are okay. The bird George is okay. Uh, We seem to have uh, slipped through uh, New Year's Eve without any terrible police activity. (laughs) And uh, that's always good when that happens or doesn't happen around the Maxwell house. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we had a nice time. New Year's Eve went out with a couple of friends and had a Here's the okay. Here's a wacky thing. Our two friends said, "Hey, let's go out to dinner at this very nice hotel in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a famous place, and they have a big, beautiful restaurant in there. And they have a like a price fixed menu. So you go in and you pay a certain price, and they give you all these delicious pieces of food. Mm-hmm. So we decided that the four of us would do that, and we did it like the year before, and we had such a good time. We decided to do it again." So we did. (laughs) And I neglected to ask my friends exactly what the price was that was fixed. Uh And and so we, we had a wonderful dinner. The food was really outstanding. The service was great. In fact, our waitress our friends said, oh, this is a guy from MASH. And she said, oh, my God, I, I recognize you now. Oh, my mother loves this show. Oh, my gosh, can I take a picture of you and me? Oh, I said, yes, we could do that. Every We had such a good time. She enjoyed it so much, and so did I. And then the check came. <laughs> uh-huh. $835. I went, <laughs> Wow. That, that was the check. And uh, they scooped me off the floor. (laughs) And uh, I said, holy moly. Well, gosh, the steak was good, but, you know, I don't know. (laughs) So uh, matchmatters.com slash support to financially support the podcast (laughs) and help Jeff recoup some of the New Year's Eve expenses. Please, please, as quickly as you can. (laughs) So I hope you weren't burdened by that kind of surprise on New Year's Eve. I wasn't. In fact, for the first time, and I can't tell you how long, I was actually in bed at midnight. Wow. I never do that. My wife, she humors me by staying up until midnight. She would rather go to bed like at nine Mm o'clock. I always like to stay up till midnight, but I was just too wiped out. So we just didn't do it. You know, All that partying, you know, up to that time is what knocked you out. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, for the last two months, I have been dealing with some upper respiratory crap and it's really kind of taken it out of me and you know, I'm thankful that our last few episodes, like the last four episodes that we've done have all been interviews. And that's been a good thing because when we do interviews, I don't have to talk as much. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how this goes. Yes, we will. And incidentally, if there are any pulmonologists from the Mayo Clinic out there who would like to examine Ryan Patrick, please let us know. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's the medical clinic. It's not a uh, egg beaten uh, dressing. <laughs> Mayo Clinic, not the stuff Mayo. you put on your bologna sandwich. Thank you for clarifying that. I always thought that that was, you know, where you went if you had cholesterol-related illnesses. (laughs) Go to the Mayo Clinic. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So it is a new year, and on New Year's Day, we had a big special that aired on Fox, and I thought we would take just a moment to discuss that. Big documentary, MASH, the comedy that changed television. In our previous episode, we talked to John Scheinfeld and Dan Harrison about the documentary, but we actually got to watch it. And Jeff, you and I have not really talked about how we felt about this documentary. So did you enjoy it? I have to say, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a very well-executed look at the show. I thought it was really well edited. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed seeing some folks that have um, left us Mm -hmm. and hearing them speak again, and that that made me kind of sad. I I enjoyed, if anyone hasn't seen it, and this is a Maybe you shouldn't listen to this, but I enjoyed a couple of things that were really seemingly very honest from the people who were being interviewed. Mm-hmm. McLean Stevenson, he said, well, I have to say uh, I got too big for my britches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I thought that was a very honest for, thing for him to say. Mm-hmm. And also, I love the sentence by Gary Berghoff, who said, yeah, I didn't like the character of Max Klinger when it first began. Yes. I thought that was a revelation. Went, wow, I've never heard yes. that before. That In fact, he said that he hated the character. Yeah. I, I believe I've said it at some point on the podcast, but- I kind of felt the same way. I was not a big fan of cross-dressing Klinger. I enjoyed Shyster Klinger, the one who could get things done. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt a kinship there with Gary when he said that. I was just not expecting Gary to say it. (laughs) Yeah. You know. (laughs) Yeah, that was a a real surprise. Yeah. Other than that, all of the people that were interviewed, I thought they did a wonderful job. Uh, You know, Alan, Loretta, and Gary, and Jamie. Mm -hmm. Uh, They all expressed intimate ideas and things about what they experienced on the show. And again, these interviews were done about nine or ten years ago. So they they weren't immediate, but they were all very sweet and they were all very honest. And, you know, I I thought it was a a real well done thing. Plus, I think my favorite thing about the entire show was that they used about six or seven of my photographs uh, within the documentary. And I thought that was terrific. Uh, The thing I didn't like is that the credit went by so fast (laughs) (laughs) that I'm going to take a picture of it and freeze it and put it up on my wall. Yes. Yeah. But I thought that they used those photographs very well within the context of the interviews and things. So yes, I give it a, I give it an A. It was a great look into a, a show. And I think everybody who's listening to us now, if they haven't seen it, they can see it on Hulu, I believe. Yeah. So now, yes. how did you feel? Overall, I enjoyed it. Edited very well. I enjoyed the structure of it and how they put it together and the flow of it. You know, the uh, purpose of this was to see the show through the eyes and the words of the main cast. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. And especially getting to see unseen footage from these actors that we love and especially the ones that we've lost. Seeing Wayne again and seeing Bill Christopher again. That was very nice. The other interviews, like with McLean, those were taken from the interviews that Michael Hirsch did for the, I believe it was the Memories of MASH documentary. So we had seen McLean in that setting, but we had never seen that particular footage before. Mm -hmm. You know, looking at MASH uh, groups on Facebook, and I I was really taken aback by how many people were like, those weren't new interviews. Those are the interviews that were on the old MASH documentary. Yes and no. It 
was from that footage, but it wasn't that exact segment of the interview that you saw. And so it was nice to see this this unseen footage that we had never seen before. Mm -hmm. Did I learn anything new? Not necessarily. Like we said with Gary, his hate of the character of Klinger early on, McLean getting a little more real and that heartbreaking moment where he talks about, uh, you know, I I thought they loved McLean Stevenson, but it turns out they really loved Henry Blake. Those were moments that stood out to me. I mentioned this to our friend Dan Harrison. There were moments where they would clip together a lot of funny moments from the show. It made the laugh track stand out so much more prominently. And I don't say that in a good way. (laughs) It made me very aware of the laugh track and how much it was used. Everybody has their feelings on the laugh track. Some people like it. Some people don't. I'm in the don't camp. So that really stood out to me. But I did like the fact that there were many clips that they used from the series in this documentary from the unedited versions of the episodes. So if you only watch the show in syndication, if you only watch it on MeTV or if you only watch it on TV Land, you're seeing the edited for syndication versions where they cut out certain scenes. A lot of the scenes that were cut out were used in this documentary. (laughs) It was not the exact same scenes that we've seen over and over and over and over again used in past MASH documentaries. (laughs) I don't know. It seemed kind of fresh because of that. (laughs) Fans of the show, they wish it could have been longer and given more love to the supporting players such as Igor. But honestly, they could have given us a 14-hour documentary and there'd still be people saying, well, I want 15 hours. Mm -hmm. What they were able to give us in the short amount of time that was allotted, they did a very, very good job. Mm -hmm. I think the word that John Scheinfeld used was definitive. I think it's hard to be definitive when you only have about 90 minutes to work with. But in the scope of what he wanted to accomplish of telling the story through the eyes of the main cast, I think he nailed it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I know that there are people listening right now who have not seen it because they live outside of the U.S. And they're saying, stop talking about this because I can't see it right now. I'm sorry. I know that there are plans uh, in the works to try to get it to an international audience, but we don't have the details on that yet. Once we do learn the details, we'll share it with you. But as for right now, it is available on Hulu and at Fox.com here in the States. And I know it aired in Canada, but I don't have all those details. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I think interesting thing you said, did you learn anything new? And I think I agree. There was nothing really revelatory about the show per se. Uh, It was just kind of the compilation of all of their feelings about the show and about what they did Mm -hmm. that I thought, like you said, was really well done and and, uh, very well edited together with all of the different shots of the the camp and various scenes and stuff. It it, it came together very well. I think they did a, a really terrific job doing that. Another complaint that people have had is that it wasn't a reunion. For some reason, that word was used a lot in the press for this special, that it was a MASH reunion, which I don't believe that word ever showed up in the press release. So I don't know why so many outlets use the word reunion, because when you think of reunion, you think of everybody together in the same room. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did with the 30th anniversary special. They had the main cast there together in the same room. 
a lot of people were expecting that and what they got was not that. And so there was a little bit of grumbling about that as well online. But you know what? You're never going to be able to please everybody. <laughs> no, that's very true. <laughs> I just think it's amazing that here we are 51 years. Uh, this year will be 52 years after the pilot episode. And the fact that there was a two hour special in primetime on a major network talking about this show is still pretty extraordinary. It's amazing. It is. It, is. it really is. Because you're not seeing those documentaries about the love boat. My mother, the car. Yeah, I mean, you're just not seeing it. And you won't see it. That <laughs> is because MASH is uh, in a league of its own. Yep. Well, we'll all have to wait for the next documentary about MASH. Right. <laughs> in 2025. Whoever right. does that one, let's see what they do with this show. <laughs> In the meantime, we will just keep doing what we're doing here. And uh, what we're doing in this episode is catching up again. We have had so many episodes as of late where we just had interviews and it's been great. I've loved talking to everybody we've talked to, but because of that, it's been several months since we've been able to sit down and answer some questions. And this episode, we're basically catching up on comments and questions and corrections from like the past five or six or seven episodes. We're just going to jump right in. We've got a lot to do, so let's get to it. Stacy says, hi, guys. Two things. One, I love this podcast, and I am a captain on Patreon. Well, thank you, Stacy, for loving the podcast and being a captain on Patreon. Two, Jeff, this is for you. About the driver, you long ago told us about your friend lending you a driver to try out, and if you liked it, he would sell to you very cheaply. Now, we're talking about a golf driver, a thing that hits a golf ball, right? <laughs> not a limousine driver. We're talking about a driver. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, you hated the driver, and it actually was painful and did not help you at all, and then you could never reach him again to give him back the driver and drove around forever with a stupid driver in the back of your car and asked that he contact you to take back his driver. Not sure this helps you remember, but that is what happened with the driver. <laughs> and Stacy, I want you to know, <laughs> I never did give him back the driver. <laughs> it's in my garage, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want a driver, be happy to get it to you. Just come on over. All right. Stacy goes on to say, I enjoy every episode and think you guys are amazing and fun and makes my day go by faster. I'm now caught up and sadly we'll have to wait for the next episode like everyone else. Well, thank you, Stacy. So we can put the mystery of the driver to rest. To rest. It's in your garage. It's in the garage, <laughs> yes. And we will be selling it to the highest bidder at ebay.com slash mash matters. No, we're not. That does not exist. Do not click on that link. Okay. <laughs> Our friend Lucas, who uh, lives in Slovakia. Lucas, by the way, is instrumental in maintaining and, and working on Mike Farrell's website. And now Mike Farrell is actually on Instagram. He has an official Instagram. But he sent us a message and said, Hi, Jeff and Ryan. In episode 109, there was an idea of the MASH multiverse. Well, I think three years ago, I actually lived part of the alternative MASH universe for a couple of days. When I was in the hospital waiting for my surgery, I was reading a book by our friend Mike Farrell and, of course, watching MASH on my phone. What else can you do in the hospital, right? When one of the nurses came in to take my blood, she asked me what I was reading. I told her I was reading a book from Mike Farrell as preparation for the interview I was going to do with him. And with the biggest smile you can imagine, she asked me, all right, let's 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 play these parts. What do you say? <laughs> okay. So this is the conversation that our friend Lucas had with the nurse. You, you be the nurse. Oh, fine. Thank you. All right. Great. <laughs> I'll be the nurse. I'm not going to do a silly voice. We'll just do it a little bit higher than my own voice. Okay. 
You will do an interview with Mike Farrell, the one who played the funny cook Igor. That is wonderful. No, the funny cook Igor was played by Jeff Maxwell, and Mike Farrell played BJ Honeycutt. Are you sure? Yes, I've seen MASH many times, and I even spoke with Jeff Maxwell, and he confirmed that he played Igor, so yes. No, no, young man. The funny cook was really played by Mike Farrell, and Jeff Maxwell played Hawkeye. I know, I know, that's what it is. I know. And scene. Uh, Lucas goes on to say, at that point, I was not sure what was happening, so I just let it go. But now, listening to episode 109, I realize I was part of the MASH multiverse. There you go. (laughs) There is a universe that exists, Jeff, where you played Hawkeye and Mike Farrell played Igor. (laughs) That's great. I'd love to see that show. (laughs) I wonder if Lucas was already taking the pain pills for the surgery and just imagined this conversation. He he was gobbling down the Oxycontin, I think. Right, yeah. yeah. The nurse came in. The nurse might not even been real. Who knows? It was Yes. He could have been been talking uh, to a coat tree or something. Yeah. (laughs) His IV bag. (laughs) And this next letter is from IV bag, who says, (laughs) I know, this is from Grant. And Grant says, hey, guys, I just finished listening to your episode about the worst episodes. As Ryan listed his least favorite episodes, a thought occurred to me for the first time about comrades in arms. I think we can all be thankful that their romantic relationship was contained within that one episode. Back in the day, it was a standard character arc to gradually bring the lead male and female characters together, then watch the show died. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thankfully, that didn't happen here. I second all the compliments you have received from others. You are doing great work here. Well, that's very nice. Thank you, Grant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes when they bring the the, the male and female characters together and they get married and they go off and yeah, it sometimes loses the the gusto a show has. The conflict is gone, you know, and they have to be nice to each other all of a sudden and that, that can hurt. Heard a show. Yeah, I think the best example of that was Moonlighting. Yeah. David and yeah. Maddie on, on Moonlighting. They went several seasons with that sexual tension, but then when it actually happened, it just wasn't the same. And one of the shows that did it absolutely brilliantly and got away with it was Frasier. Mm. They did it wonderfully because once the you know the brother and Daphne got together, mm-hmm. it still worked. It all they made it all work. So that was they, they did that pretty well. And then in my mother the car when he falls in love with the car, I thought that was jumping the shark. <laughs> the funny stuff they used to do with their spark plugs together. In, whoa, in, hey, in the, whoa, whoa, now, hey, whoa. jump back, Jack. Jennifer says hi, Ryan and Jeff. I have an update to the swamp replica that a fan built in their backyard. It was donated and reinstalled in the Museum of the Kansas National Guard. Wonder if you'd do a video podcast from the location. Since it's not so likely the Smithsonian would reinstall their swamp, maybe this one is more accessible. Cheers to you both. She sent uh, links to the Kansas Guard Museum's website, and also there is a link to a diorama of the swamp. We'll put those links in the show notes so you can see uh, everything in the swamp. It's interesting. It's a really well-done replica of the swamp. And, you know, don't you take Pepto-Bismol when you have a diorama? Isn't that what you take (sighs) if you have that? Did yeah. I take that right down into the dumper? Is that? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, oh, sorry. Well, boy, let's move on. Yeah. You're just uh, keep digging that latrine, don't you, Salkowitz? <laughs> Peter says, love the podcast. 
As for mash lines I use in real life, I always liked go mail a bear. But admittedly, not many people get it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Sometime in the not so distant past, we did talk about using mash lines in real life. Mm-hmm. We got a very lengthy email from Jim. Dear you, you guys. I started watching MASH when it first came out in 72. Just a few days shy of my 12th birthday. It's been a wonderful part of my life ever since. As I was nearing the end of my podcast binge listening, I thought I should write you about how lines from MASH have infiltrated my family's nomenclature over the years. It gave me a good excuse to go back to the pilot and work my way forward, jotting down lines that seemed to be used over and over by one family member or another. Then in episode 109, you asked for something very similar. So through season four, here it goes. Here are just a few. He gave us a bunch of them, but I'm just going to read a few of these. He says, I can't remember how many times I've raised a glass and said, here's looking up your old address, often followed by, ooh, that's a Bernie. <laughs> I have led many a friend and or family member into a drinking establishment commanding forward drink. <laughs> Anytime she would hear a sputtering engine of any source, my mom would say five o'clock, Charlie. My youngest sister would often dance in and out of the doorway saying, I can step in, I can step out, in, out. In, out. And I can't even count how many times on one of our cold Northern California nights, my dad would tell us to take care of our brass monkeys. <laughs> Being the classy family that we are, we have all made reference to having a gang toity. And although it was in a later episode beyond season four, I actually did reference in a hearing in my courtroom a few months ago about the spam hitting the fan when someone was testifying about someone getting mad. There was a clear look of recognition from a few folks in the courtroom, which was reassuring. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for bringing us this podcast. Uh, To all of us old and new MASH fans alike, it's obviously a labor of love for both of you and a listen of love for me. Oh, that's really nice. And I'm sorry I didn't read all of them. There were about six or seven more, but, uh, you know, I'm medicated and I don't know how long I've got here. (laughs) We're going to let some other folks talk on this subject. We'll move along. Yeah. No, here are voicemails about our favorite lines. First, you're going to hear Mark, and then you're going to hear Kurt. Hey, Jeff and Ryan. This is Mark from Mechanicsville, Virginia. Just listening to the episode about voicemails, and Ryan said, hey, are are there sayings that you use from the episodes in everyday life? And yeah, a couple of them. Uh, and I, I was in high school, you know, I watched MASH when it was originally on and then watched it in college. But when both uh, Charles and Sydney referred uh, to, you know, to, to, to people, at, uh, they were talking Mo, Larry, and Curly, particularly with uh, Charles when he had his, back, his hurt back and they had the, uh, the local physicians there helping him. So I, I use Mo, Larry, and Curly, the Three Stooges, quite frequently. And I love one of the early episodes when Frank Burns says, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Love the podcast, guys. Keep it up. Hey, my name is Kurt. Uh, buddy and I that I worked with would always use things from Mac. And a bunch of us were on break that day, except him. And this woman had just lost her house. And he didn't know that, but he came into the break room and we all opened up a bottle of pop for break time, and he says, here's looking up your old address. And she burst into tears and ran out of the room, and we had to explain to him what was going on. He felt kind of bad, but him and I laughed about it anyways, because we love the show, man. Enjoy the podcast, and I think weren't you on the show for nine seasons, if I remember, right, Igor? And Ryan, I think you're just the podcast guy. You enjoyed the show. 
Thanks. <laughs> nice callback there, Kurt. Nice one. Yeah. First of all, yeah, Marks before <laughs> that, great. it's nice I to be know. nice to the nice is one that I use as well. That's... And Kurt, boy, that story <laughs> made me laugh. But what a horrible thing. Yeah. You're looking up your old address and the poor woman's going, ah! uh, oh my gosh, yowie. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think Kurt is a comedy writer. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's uh, investigated some jokes about things because he certainly brought back the concept. And it's certainly we want everybody to know that I was on the show for nine years and uh-huh. Ryan loved the show and still does. Mm-hmm. And that's really why we're here. Yes. And we will remind you of that in every episode moving forward. <laughs> Well, moving on, Peter from Australia says, Hi, Jeff. Keep up the great work with your fortnightly podcast. Loving it. Just bought your book and tried a couple of dessert recipes. Yum. Many great new photos and amusing stories back to Ma. No one in my family is poisoned yet. (laughs) That's good. I notice on your cover there is a ghost. You can see a person standing between Hawkeye and yourself. Spooky. Who is this actor? Doesn't look familiar. Does anyone know? Okay, I will explain that ghost. It's so funny because I had this conversation yesterday because I, a friend of mine, I gave him a book for a, a holiday gift. And he said, oh, who's that guy? What's that spooky guy standing there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I explained when the title page was created, there was BJ and Hawkeye mm-hmm. and then the ghost and then me. So the ghost is in the middle of us. Mm-hmm. When it was first created, he was very bright and it was decided he kind of took attention away from Hawkeye and BJ and me because you <laughs> he was right in the middle. So your attention went right to him. Great guy, terrific guy. I've knew him quite a number of years on MASH, loved him to death. But I went, it's my book. <laughs> <laughs> and he can write a book and make me a ghost. That's okay. Right. And we just sort of photoshopped him down a little bit to take the brightness away. Mm. Unfortunately, when it's produced, you know, for a little bit more run, more copies, it gets a little darker. We didn't really make him that dark initially, <laughs> uh, but kind of now he is. And if I ever can find him, I'll apologize. Do you remember his name? I wish I could. I do not remember his name. No. He, he's one of those guys that you saw in the background on a lot of episodes. A lot of episodes. Yeah. And he was a really nice guy, had a great sense of humor. We, we all got along real well with him. He was a good guy. So I, I didn't do it on purpose to hurt him. I just did it because it was, you know, he was just too prominent in that picture because he was mm-hmm. right in the middle and everybody, and he's got a funny look on his face. You know, he's looking at yeah, all the stuff going on. Right. So we just kind of diminished it a little bit, but that's showbiz. <laughs> so speaking of your book, there have been several people asking how to get a signed copy of your book. And I'm not sure how to answer that. We could put your address back in the show notes for this episode if you wanted to. Or is there a way to get a signed copy? Obviously, you're ordering it through Amazon, so it's not like you have a bookstore there in your house to just grab a book and sign and ship it off. Well, you know, what could happen is if you actually bought a book off of Amazon, you could theoretically send it to me and I would sign it and then I will send it back. There are going to be some 
autograph shows coming up, and I don't know the exact dates and I don't know the exact locations as of this podcast, but there are going to be some. And uh, in fact, there's one going to be in Los Angeles, and I will have copies of the book there. Hmm. So you could come and uh, buy a book and get an autograph on the book. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is possible, certainly, to get a book from Amazon and then get it to me, and I will sign it and send it back to you. But it's got to come in an envelope, you know, the return stamps and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and I'll I'll go ahead and do that. So. Okay. So we will put the address in the show notes for this episode. So this is episode 116. Go to mashmatters.com and click on episodes. Click on the link for the show notes for this episode. We'll have the mailing address in the show notes where you can send a copy along with a self-addressed stamped envelope. And, you know, you're sending a book, so it's going to take a few more stamps than usual. Or keep an eye on our social media, because when we find out more details about these autograph shows, we will certainly let you know so that you can make plans to visit in person. Yes. And by the way, I appreciate people when when we had the address up there and people sent me various things and say, hey, can you autograph this? And at some point, it became somewhat exhausting. I know a lot of people were enthusiastic about it, but a lot of folks would send me, you know, eight or nine pictures or eight or nine blank cards and say, hey, could you sign all of these cards for my Aunt Gussie and <laughs> Jerry and my people <laughs> down the street and the kids in the home? It's just, you know, it, I can't do that. So yeah. if you're going to send something, it'd be one autograph, one picture. It can't be, you know, 10. That's right. just not the kind of thing we do. So okay. thank you. All right. Another email came in about your book. This comes from our friends Jessica and Sebastian. They live in Germany. They said, hi, Jeff and Ryan. Today was the day we tried the recipe for creamed weenies. It was unusual, but very tasty. We really enjoyed it. And they sent a picture of a very appetizing picture of their creamed weenies, along with one of our Mash Matters creamed weenies stickers that you can get through (laughs) Patreon. Also, when we had a Zoom chat with Jessica and Sebastian, because they were VIP patrons at the major level, they told us a story about watching MASH in Germany. It's obviously going to be overdubbed in their language. So they become accustomed to the sound of the voices who are doing the dubbing more than the actual voices of the actors. So, you know, these actors who are voicing Hawkeye and Trapper and everybody in Germany, it doesn't sound like Alan Alda, it's somebody else. And that's the voice that they associate with that character. And I had never thought about that. So thanks to Jessica and uh, Sebastian, they sent us a video from German television that's been overdubbed. And this is a very famous scene with you, Jeff. Hmm. And I'm just going to play a snippet of it. Obviously, it's in German, but at some point you're going to realize what this scene is. Sackertester? Das wäre schön. Auch Kartoffeln? Gern. Sahneweiß? Auch das. Und als Hauptgericht gibt's heute... Mir kommt schon hoch. Ganz ruhig. Wir haben Leber oder Fisch. <laughs> That's great. That's a lot of fun. We have a Leber or Fisch. <laughs> yeah. Who was that guy? He was very good. He's very good. <laughs> We're going to put this video on our YouTube channel, and then we'll share a link to that in the show notes and also on our social media. And I had not shared it with you, Jeff, because I wanted you no. to hear it for the first time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. That was fun. And thank you to Jessica and Sebastian for sending that to us. Absolutely. That's great stuff. All right. So Tyan says, hi, Ryan and Jeff. Thought you and your listeners might get a kick out of this. The biggest dunce award goes to me. 
I've never really listened to podcasts much before, but have really enjoyed listening to you guys talk about the greatest show ever created, MASH. I've been somewhat baffled, though, upon hearing you list your Patreon VIPs every episode. I kept thinking to myself, well, how come only military people are patrons of your podcast? It is a military show you're talking about each episode, so I guess it makes sense that only military personnel would want to contribute to it. And I'm always very excited for the person that gets promoted. <laughs> then the other day, I finally made it over to your website to look at the show notes for an episode and stumbled onto the Patreon section. And well, you can guess what I finally figured out. Ha ha. Really, really enjoy the podcast. Keep up the great work. Signed, dazed and not so confused anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess that could be an easy mistake to make. Yes. For those who may not know what Patreon is, it is a way to support our show. And you do it through a monthly gift to us to help us with expenses that come with producing the podcast. And there are certain levels of support. And there are also different perks that you get for those different levels. And so if you go to mashmatters.com slash support, you'll find the link there to our Patreon page where you can sign up. And in fact, right now, why don't we just say hello to some of our Patreon VIPs? Sounds like a good idea. Private Chad Pervance. Private Amy Chapman. Corporal Cindy Bishop. Corporal Jonathan Sweet. Captain Christine Morgan. Captain Bruce Lish. Major Brian Hackwith. And of course, our beloved Major Derek Wade. Now, some of these people may have been in the military, but they are not <laughs> only military people. And that is, uh, uh, I, I had forgotten that maybe not everybody yeah. understands what we're talking about when we use corporal and captain and all that. Well, people rarely understand what we're talking about. So that's, I guess that fits. Well, that's true. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Okay. Andrea from New Jersey says, Hi, guys from Jersey. While listening to the season seven recap, I had to stop when I heard you mention how BJ starts to become more surly. When the common question for fans Trapper versus BJ pops up, I always pick Trapper and his different approach to his character is a main reason why. While I can't imagine what it is like to be away from a child and be away at a war, I find his constant loathing over being away from home sanctimonious. Oh my goodness. To quote Margaret, how dare you? How dare you stand there acting like your brand of suffering is worse than anybody else's? Well, I guess that's the only way you can justify treating the rest of us like dirt. In the finale, he uses his child again as an excuse to jump the line and leave before anyone else, as if missing his child is more detrimental than anyone else's pain. As someone who was never blessed with a child, it really hits a nerve. I have worked with many people over the years that feel like because they have a child, they deserve to leave early, come in late work, work a lighter load, etc., all in the name of or excuse of their child. While Trapper obviously misses his children and it does consume him in some episodes, he has a lighter approach to his time at MASH and the opportunity to adopt a boy believed to be an orphan is a perfect example of it. I think overall, that's why you have many, like me, who are bigger fans of the first three seasons. Hmm. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. Holy moly. Thank you, Andrea, for saying I've never heard that. That's an interesting perspective of mm -hmm. the character. And your feeling is quite interesting. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. I don't have any children, uh, so I've never been able to use the excuse. And I <laughs> wish <laughs> I had been able sometimes, uh, but I can't. 
I'm um, going to guess, though, at some point in your life, you've used your bird as an excuse to get out of something, haven't you? I've used my bird to get out of things many times. Yes, yes. So it's very similar. And we're not going to send uh, this episode to Mike Farrell. Just on the heck, uh, you know, <laughs> you might not appreciate that. <laughs> also in the season seven recap, I said in regards to the episode, Dear Comrade, that that was the only letter episode that wasn't written or narrated by one of the main cast. Well, Will Mac 5909 on YouTube pointed out respectfully that it is incorrect in season five the episode dear sigmund we hear sydney writing a letter albeit to the deceased sigmund freud but yes you are right will mac 5909 i forgot all about sydney and that's a great episode Mm -hmm. i don't know how i forgot that but you're right and i was wrong and that's the only time i'll ever say that (laughs) yes i've been trying to get him to say he's wrong so many years he just won't do it you and my wife (laughs) yeah But that's not the only thing I was wrong about. Read on. Reading on, Timothy, one of our Patreon VIPs, says, Hi, guys. Love the Season 7 wrap-up. Funniest episode yet. However, I do have one little bone to pick. When discussing Peace on Us, Ryan wondered how the 4077th could organize the whole Red Party when Seoul is only 15 minutes from Weijangbu. Hawkeye actually went to the peace talks in Panmunjom. Now, 30 seconds of Googling doesn't give the exact miles from Wujambu to Panmunjom, <laughs> but it is definitely farther. As far as to how everyone was so trashed by the time Hawkeye returned, I like to think the camp was taking a cue from Colonel Potter and drinking with both hands. <laughs> Thanks for the great podcast and connecting the dogs. That's counting the days. For the season eight recap, in a few years. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, okay, you're right. Yeah, and Mark also sent us a message about this. So thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Mark. I was wrong. I said it again. I was wrong. Okay? Are you happy? That's two. That's two. Just this one episode. Two. I know. I know. Pretty so good. he didn't drive from Seoul to Weijambu. He drove from uh, Weijambu to Pamunjom. What I can decipher is it's only about a little over 30 miles. So if that's the case, what I stated in the season seven recap, that the whole concept of the Red Party is so unrealistic and how they could put it together in such a short amount of time. It's only 30 miles, not 15 miles. So, okay, if he goes 30 miles an hour driving back, then they have one hour to dye all of their clothes red, their hair red, put together a party and get plastered before he gets back. (laughs) I know it's just a television series and I should yeah. get a life. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I was wrong ever again. What's the date today? Okay. I'm looking at the date. I'm not going to say I was wrong <laughs> Yeah, write it again. down. Okay. Thank Todd, you. he said, I listened recently to your season seven review and I noticed several issues that I had with certain episodes that you guys didn't spot. Sorry, this email is so long, but then it was a full season. Yes, it is a long email, Todd. And that's why I'm only going to read a few of these. The biggest issue with Peace on Us is when Hawkeye goes to the Peace Talks tent, he gives the impassioned rant to officers, but then says the dramatic, people are dying out there, you've got to stop it. But the next line is the comedic, now get back to work and don't make me come here again. It always bugged me that the dramatic element just seemed to disappear and went back to comedy on a dime. Ryan, in your comments on None Like It Hot, you referred to Henry's pool in The Consultant as a giant corrugated metal pool. Just an FYI, it's actually called a horse trough. Also, you had wondered if the camp was using the same bathwater, but I always wondered if they actually changed the water after every turn, because that would be a really long wait to refill the tub, plus the enormous waste of water for the camp. I also just wanted to say that None Like It Hot is my favorite episode of Season 7, because Margaret is drenched in sweat. Enough said. (laughs) 
Moving on. Uh, He said, I had watched Baby It's Cold Outside when it originally aired in November of 1978 and was immediately struck by Charles Polar suit looking like the new down-filled winter coats of 1978. It looked nothing like any winter coat style of the early 1950s. Polar suits of that era always had the fuzzy rim around the hood. Charles coat did not. Also, why did MASH even have a coffin in their supply hut? Dead soldiers were usually draped in a blanket. What would be the purpose of one isolated coffin? I agree. Why do they have a coffin there? I don't know. Because they wrote it in the script. Yep. And the polar suit did look goofy. In the episode Out of Gas, because Charles' bad diplomacy, the black market guys get his wine. At one point, Mulcahy asked Charles what he'd do with the wine he just acquired. Charles finally answers that he'd drink it, which is what the black market guys are doing. But shouldn't they be bringing it back to the black market's home base? You'd think they'd get in trouble for consuming a product that they could be selling for profit. And then, Ryan, you had said that Marriott Hartley and Inga didn't have a big claim to fame before the Polaroid commercials or MASH. That's not true. She had a huge fan base since 1969 among Star Trek fans as playing Zarabeth, the woman who romanced Mr. Spock in the episode All Our Yesterdays, which also featured Johnny Hamer. I did have more issues, but this email is far too long already. Thank you for your time and for the best podcast ever. Mm. Okay. I'm tired of being wrong, so I'm not going to say too much here. Thank you for all of the comments and also the ones that I didn't read. I apologize to all the Trek fans out there for slandering Marriott Hartley like that. That was not my intent. I I had no idea that she made such an impact on you. I still stand by in the non-Trek world that Marriott Hartley did not have a big claim to fame besides the Polaroid commercials. (laughs) But she was a very nice woman. Very she, nice. I, I love. Yes, lady. yes. I always liked. Nice. And if she wants to come on this podcast, we would love to talk to her. Yes, wasn't she a host of a? She had her own like a uh, uh, Today Show kind I of thing. I believe so. Right? Yes, she? something like that. There, there was a version of like the CBS Morning Show at one point. Yes, she was the host of. Yes, but yes, again, yes, yes. more people know her from the Polaroid commercials than anything else. Yes. All right, moving on. Wait, hold on. We have one more, right? Yes. I'm just scanning it. Okay, they don't tell me I'm wrong, so everything's good. Go ahead, proceed. (laughs) There is no, Ryan, you're an idiot and you're wrong, and here's why. Exactly. Yeah, that's not in this. But Kurt does say, hey, Jeff and Ryan, longtime listener here who just wants to tell you guys how much I truly love the podcast. It's amazing. And when I'm listening to it, it's like I'm hanging out with friends and chatting about the best television show ever created. Well, that's very nice. Thank you. I also have something that I think Jeff will love. All right. I was born in 1970 and I was watching MASH when I was very, very young. But even then, I was fascinated by the character of Igor. Oh, I loved how he was always there on the periphery doing all these odd, thankless jobs day after day. Even at 10 years old, I had this idea bouncing around in my head. To this day, I feel like it's one of the biggest missed opportunities of the show that they never had an episode called Igor's day. My, 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 I'm getting chills. It would have started off with Igor's alarm going off at the butt crack of dawn, and it would follow him throughout his day, showing his interactions with the cast while following a main story of his own. He would even end up doing something noteworthy or semi-heroic that nobody else would know about. And the episode would, of course, end with Igor in bed, turning on his alarm and turning off the light. I think it would have been an amazing episode, and I think we all would have loved that little glimpse into Igor's day-to-day life. Anyway, you guys are the best. 
Thank you for the podcast and everything you do. Okay, I'm going to read this again, um, just because <laughs> I think it's important that everyone hear this a couple of times. Can we put this on a loop, Ryan, and just play it over and over? Let's and rewind it. Yeah, just play this one for the uh, hour. I mean, why, why, why anything else, really? Okay. Hey, Kurt, you know, you've said a wonderful thing, and thank you very, very much. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I wish the show was still in production because we would send this to the executive producers and say, hey, you got to listen to Kurt. This He's a fan, and he wants this show. But that is very, very sweet, and, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So Jeff is beloved, and I'm wrong. That is basically the gist of this entire episode. Wrong and beloved. Isn't that a law firm in uh, somewhere in Beverly Hills? Wrong in my beloved. defense, though, through all of this, yeah. I've been medicated. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my defense right there. That's my argument. I'm not on my A game. Okay. I have not been on my A game for two months now. So oh. bear with me, people. I promise. I'll be right again at some point. Well, you're doing a fine job, even if, if it's your C-plus game. It's just fine. <laughs> well, thank you. We will be back with another episode soon, and we will dive into more listener questions and comments and voicemails, and we have so many to get to. If you would like to send yours in, you can do that, mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, on X slash Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can listen to the episodes on YouTube as well, and you can find show notes for these and all of our episodes at mashmatters.com. You can also buy merch at mashmatters.com, and you can call and leave a voicemail under three minutes in length to 513-436-4077. Or you can just come over to the house. And bring some cough drops for me, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Maybe some cream of weenie soup. That would be good. <laughs> That'll help you, Ryan. Oh. Hot, big bowl of steaming cream of weenie soup. That's going to open up. It'll do something to me. Yeah, It's going to do something and you won't know what's happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, here's looking up your old address. Igor? Ich hab gedacht, hier werden Erfrischungen gereicht.